1: It's my pleasure to welcome you here to The Clark Howard Show, where our mission is to serve you and empower you so you make better financial decisions in your life. One decision I hope you'll make is to subscribe to our wonderful free newsletters. The free makes them wonderful, but the content is what will really pay off for you. So if you go to clark.com slash newsletters, you'll see how easy it is to sign up and I'd be surprised if you regret it. But if you do, guess what? We don't keep you as a prisoner. You can say, Clark, you conned me. I didn't want to do that. How do I get out of this? We make it really easy for you to kick us to the curb if you decide you don't like it. Now, one thing a lot of us would like to unsubscribe from are income tax bills. But actually... Because of the hideous inflation we've had recently, there's big changes in the tax brackets. And it means that some of the decisions people in the financial services industry might try to push you to really make no sense at all for most people with where our tax rates are and our tax brackets. And later, wow, $10 million unfilled jobs in the United States, 10 million, that is a lot, a lot, a lot of employers still begging for workers, even as the economy is shifting into a lower gear. So there's a way maybe you can tackle some of that inflation that's eroded your living standards or made it hard for you to pay your bills by getting a gig or a side job. And we're going to talk about that. So there's a lot of people who earn a living trying to convince you that you want to open a variable universal life policy, or you want to buy this crazy, impossible to understand annuity that has an 180-page contract that goes with it, that by the way, not only don't you understand it, the salesperson selling it to you, they have no idea what that 180 pages means either. They'll talk about all these wonderful tax angles with you buying this convoluted, crazy, basically bear trap insurance stuff. The changes in the tax brackets make it even less appropriate for almost all of us. Okay, married couple, do you know that the tax rate caps out for you, caps out at 24% up to an income of $364,000 in a year, single individual 182,000. Okay, there aren't a lot of people earning beyond those numbers. The time that you should buy any of these crazy annuities or life insurance policies when your income is below those two numbers. 182 for an individual 364 for a married couple is never 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 not ever when you should be even considering any of these supposed wonderful tax avoidance strategies by buying somebody's annuity or somebody's life insurance policy the tax rates by historical standards are very very favorable today And generally, the time that you would start being ears open for these various tax avoidance strategies that the insurance people peddle is when your income for a single individual is higher than $578,000 for a married couple. $693, 693 almost $700,000 in a year. Again, we've narrowed it to like almost nobody. And then even people in those categories, there are a lot of questions to ask before it makes sense to buy a variable universal life policy or any of its cousins or siblings. These products are pushed so heavily as a way for you to have supposed risk-free money and supposed it tax-free money later in your life. So, first of all, they're not risk-free at all. And second, any kind of universal life policy can have ugly, ugly, ugly tax bombs. But that's not even the worst part. There's actually two things that make these products a defective purchase for people of any income level. One... The expenses embedded in them, the expenses and commissions, are astronomical. And two, nobody has any idea what they're actually buying. Any product that is so complicated that you're relying upon a colorful brochure that has no standing under the law and can say pretty much anything they want it to say, what's known as the policy illustration, and you're buying based on the promises of somebody you went and played golf with, who you really enjoy being with, and they get you to give them all this money of yours, and then years later you find out, oops, this is a disaster. This is a problem again and again and again. The reason the tax brackets matter so much is that, believe it or not, for most of us, even investing in a traditional investment account, putting money in, and when we have to pay tax later, what's knows long-term capital gains, which is lower than the normal tax rates, that paying that is much cheaper than doing any of these convoluted insurance company things that supposedly are going to get you the ability to avoid tax. Krista, you and your family found this out the hard way, really hard way, didn't you?
0: Yeah, my parents were with an advisor early on in retirement and he sold them one of these policies and I was very nervous when they told me he offered for them to stay at his beach house for free for a week. (laughs) I was like I wonder about this guy. So they stopped using him eventually and with a fee only planner now, but yeah, it was it, it was ridiculous. It and, was written in and, a way where it and how bad
1: did that policy turn out to be terrible?
0: I mean, it was just it was horrible. and it ended up at the end like as they're getting older, thank goodness, like it becomes worth absolutely nothing. and they've put so much money into it.
1: Anytime somebody says to you, trust me, I got a way for you to beat the tax man. Anytime that's where the whole pitch starts, that's when you need to be really, really nervous. What's coming next?
0: Just be with a fiduciary for sure. Fiduciary financial advisor if you're going to have one. That makes all the difference. This is from Steven in Delaware. Xfinity says T-Mobile internet is too slow. I have to decide who to go with since our time with Xfinity is coming to an end. I would prefer to stream with T-Mobile if they are fast enough and jettison Xfinity cable. What are your thoughts?
1: So it depends on what you're doing with the T-Mobile home internet, the Verizon equivalent, Verizon's very heavily advertising theirs right now during football. Only time I ever get to see TV commercials is during (laughs) NFL football season. And um, now there's the Verizon discount straight talk being sold at Walmart that's 45 a month, no contract. The T-Mobile, depending on your relationship with T-Mobile is – Thirty or fifty a month. The Verizon is twenty-five or more for Verizon customers. Obviously, much cheaper than Comcast is selling their Xfinity Internet.
0: And AT and T has their uh, fast internet. There's so many options, depending so, where you live, right?
1: Right. So the thing is, what I recommend is before you would decide to get rid of Xfinity, try T-Mobile. They'll give you a free trial period. And you just hook it up to your router, use it as a replacement for the Xfinity, and you'll know based on your normal usage patterns, is the T-Mobile home internet working for you? Because if you're paying the typical Xfinity charge of 90 or so a month, and you go to either 30 or 50 with T-Mobile, or again, people who have access to the Verizon version, if you're able to save a huge amount of money per month and you have no decline in the quality of how you use internet, then obviously you'd want to go with T-Mobile and dump Xfinity. But that's why you use the trial period with T-Mobile home internet.
0: Scott in Arkansas says, I'm an educator with a 2008 Chevy Silverado, which I purchased brand new and now has... Over 333,000 miles a on A third
1: it. of a million miles?
0: <laughs> I have only had minor repairs nickel wow. and diming me through the years. I have a pesky oil leak that will cost around $1,000 to repair. I keep the oil checked and changed, but it's a nuisance, and my father-in-law makes me park it on the street so it doesn't stain his driveway. I hope to drive the truck for another three years, maybe more, as I thrive for 400000 But should I spend the cash on this repair?
1: Yes, no doubt. Okay. So, I just saw something in the Detroit Free Press this morning that, uh, gosh, I forget which of the Detroit three introduced a new pickup truck that was $107,000. $107,000 for a pickup truck. So, if $1,000 gets you more time down the road with this truck, that is a really well spent $1,000. Plus, When the time comes that you replace it with a newer to you used truck or a brand new one, the reality is the prices are steadily going to soften. They already are month by month by month on new and used. And so it's to your advantage to spend that thousand, get whatever additional time you can out of it, and then the marketplace is going to be more your friend down the road.
0: And Brian in Illinois says, I currently own a condo, my primary residence, and I'm thinking about moving. If I were to rent it out, I estimate the rental income would leave me about $2,000 short per year, but I would be paying down $22,000 in principal per year. So in my mind, I'm spending 2000 to get 22000 Am I thinking about this correctly? Is it a good idea to rent my condo?
1: Okay, so it's too narrow, Brian, to think just in terms of the mortgage. I like for people to think about converting something to a rental based on what kind of monthly income you can get versus the current value of that condo. So you haven't said what the rent is you could earn per month in that condo, but what you want to earn per month is 1% or more of what the current value of it is. So let's say the condo is worth 200000 right now you would need to be able to charge rent of $2,000 a month or more to make the fundamentals of having it as an investment property work. You can't really think in terms of the mortgage because the mortgage could be all different kinds of circumstances, from a condo somebody's owned a long time that they own free and clear uh, to one that somebody has a lot of debt against it at a high interest rate. So the mortgage itself, the carry cost of it, is not the key criteria you judge it based on the return on investment you get based on what it would be worth if you kept it or sold it and this has been a moving target for people as home values of all types in most of the country have gone up so much in recent years that it's become more difficult to make rentals work right now the other question would be brian How sellable is your condo right now in this environment with the higher interest rates? That might make a case for you, even if you don't fit the 1% rule I was talking about, to rent it out for a while till the housing market becomes more favorable to sellers again. Because right now, it's kind of an odd box we're in. It's not really favorable for sellers and not favorable in most cases for buyers coming up ahead, a lot of dislocation in the economy, so many things going back to COVID starting uh, two years ago, well, more than two years now. And so it's led to so many zigs and zags with people's income, cost of goods, and all the rest. So a lot of people are short of dollars every month. What are you going to do about that? I want to talk about the role that gig work And a side job or second job can play right now to help close that gap.
0: Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app.
1: I think how often I'll talk to somebody at a retail store or restaurant and they've either come from their other job or they're going to their other job after they finish that one. And it's been part of our culture for decades that a lot of people work multiple jobs to be able to make ends meet. Right now, a lot of people who might not have done that in the past may need to consider it because of the impact that inflation has had on being able to afford monthly expenses. My middle child is working three jobs right now because it's really hard for her to cover all her expenses every month. She lives in Southern California and her rent is obviously very high. Well, I say obviously if you're not familiar, it's a very expensive part of the country to live in, and so she's hustling, working all these jobs at all different hours to try to make things work out for her financially. A lot of times, necessity is the mother of invention. You know, we are at a time that employers still have ten million jobs they're trying to fill. That's less than we had because. The economy has slowed a a gear, let's say, and so you may wonder, with all the talk about recession coming and all that, how could there still be 10 million jobs? Well, you got to think back to how severe the labor shortage has been in the United States. We're an aging population, a lot of factors involved, a lot of people who quit the workforce during COVID, reassessed, reevaluated their lives they've not come back. And so we still have a large number of jobs that employers are looking to fill. And here we are in November. There are a lot of people looking just to fill jobs for the next 10 weeks through the Christmas holiday period. And so you can pick up part-time work paying at higher rates per hour than we've ever had for seasonal work at the Christmas shopping season. So if your budget is strained, you're carrying debts. I just, in my TV work, we just did an interview with someone who had ended up over time building up a lot of credit card debt and took on that credit card debt simply by taking a second part time job and devoting all of that money towards paying down credit card debt and got it under control and ultimately paid it off. That's the thing. If you are in a position where there feels like there's more month than money, picking up some part-time work or gig work to fill in those holes can work. I know a guy who works two full-time jobs. That's too much. I mean, then you have like no life at all. It's, a huge burden and there are people who feel like they have to do that. I'm not talking about that. To me that's just too much. But if you're working full time and you pick up some hours or on the weekend you pick up a shift and you're able to close some of the gap you have in your budget, I think that's really great. I want to give a warning I've given over the years I used to call the the freeway ramp scam. But now it's online, it's on social media, it's on TikTok, you name it, where there are phony job offers. The, the freeway ramp scam is where you'd see a sign, and you still see these, just not as much as you used to, say, earn $400 a week in your spare time, earn $200 in just a few hours each week, that kind of stuff. And if you're at that ramp and you're like, wow, I got those bills to pay, and they say I'm going to earn all that money, or you watch video online that says you got this great opportunity to earn all this money, be careful because the scamsters are out there too. Do your proper checking to make sure that a job really is a real job so you don't get taken. Krista?
0: Let's start with Aaron in California. Was wondering if Clark would ever consider canceling Amazon Prime. It's a subscription service that I've not thought twice about. However, upon realizing it's $119 just to get packages fast, it seems a bit overrated. There are other services in the marketplace that match or exceed the additional benefits of Prime. Apple Music, Google Photos, Netflix, and YouTube. My Prime is coming up for renewal and I think it's time to turn the happy smile into a tongue sticking out.
1: Yeah. So yes, not only have I thought about it, I want to do it. My family is dragging me uh, to continue with Amazon Prime. I set it up not to automatically renew so we can have another conversation about it. As for you, what I recommend is bail out Amazon Prime. See if it changes your life at all, if there's things you really miss. For me, what I would miss is I'd miss Thursday night NFL football. That is quite a sacrifice, but I would give up Thursday night football, because a lot of people look at Thursday night NFL as kind of trash football. I um, won't get into that if you're not a football fan, but you love it. Funny. You, why do you love that no, no, so no, much? No, you started giggling.
0: I just can't believe you'd give that up either. I mean, it's not like you're trying to, you know, But I watch would give every, it up. I know, but you know, it gives you such joy that it just doesn't seem like a big price to pay, but.
1: Well, but Thursday night I could watch a college game. Uh, It's not real football. Yeah, I mean, okay. So if I can, um, you may think I'm such a wimp because I say, well, we have this because my family insists on all that. I don't know. I'm just.
0: It's a family.
1: Family thing. thing. Yeah, I would go ahead and dump it because I want to dump it. So give it a try. And Aaron, you can always come back if you find out that the supposed benefits of prime are so worth it. The big thing with Amazon is Amazon used to be convenience and really great prices. And I know every time I say this, people fire back at me. But in my modest opinion, Amazon is convenience, not necessarily low prices anymore.
0: Robert in Alabama says, my question's about electric cars. I have no philosophical nor political problem with EVs and even looked into getting a Ford lightning. My question is about range and charging. I live in a semi-rural area and it's very common for me to drive over a hundred miles in a day. My question is this, I'm not cause any headache or daily schedule disruption when I have to spend five to eight minutes at a gas station to fill up. I hear the EVs can take the dozens of minutes or even overnight to charge when empty. This would be impractical for me. Will EVs evolve to ever be able to be charged as quickly as it takes me to gas up? Similarly, I can drive from here to, example, Virginia in half a day, only stopping for eight minutes at a time. Can I gas up an EV in that amount of time or charge up?
1: Yeah, so the short answer is any electric vehicle that's not Tesla is a real hassle to take on a road trip. I love these things that reporters have done where they'll go on Turo, and they rent an electric vehicle, not a Tesla, and they try to take it on a road trip, and it's just a nightmare beyond imagination. This is a temporary problem, because if you have a Tesla, there's a market of charging stations all over the country, and there's no hassle, and the newer chargers are ultra, ultra fast. I just took a multi-state trip in uh, Tesla, and... The charging time I had one direction was 22 minutes. The other direction was 10 minutes. And that was all I had for charging. I didn't even need to do the 10-minute charge. Within a couple of years, it will be practical to buy an F-150 Lightning in a rural area and be able to take a road trip and not have the hassle of charging. Plus, some of the other automakers are leapfrogging Tesla with speed of charge. And once they have enough charging stations along the highways, it will be practical to be able to take a road trip and have it be roughly equivalent with the new much faster chargers that can charge an electric vehicle in 10 minutes or less to 80% of their battery capacity. But we're talking about several years from now, several, probably two or three, and for now... Not a great idea in a rural area taking frequent long distance road trips to buy an electric vehicle.
0: And I have one suggestion. If you're thinking about buying one, there's this website, and if you have one, a better route planner.com I think you've used this before too, Clark, where you put in what your car is and what the range is and where you're going to and from. It'll tell you how many stops you should make to be most efficient with you know for charging an electric car. So that might help, too, in the decision making. The
1: biggest problem people are having, though, using the route planning is with the these third-party chargers, you'll get to one and it won't be working. Mm. Um, I, I've found that to be a common problem that people talk about. So the electric vehicles, 80% of people who have an electric vehicle have home charging. And most of what they do is city suburban. And they're not taking long road trips. In a case where that doesn't fit your lifestyle, today an electric vehicle doesn't fit your life.
0: Okay, and from M in Montana. Hi, Clark. I heard your comments about Coca-Cola being so expensive. Why don't you switch to Shasta Cola? It's about half the price. So,
1: M, this has been a real frustration for me. Um, In fact... We're just about completely out of Coke Zero and Pepsi Zero right now in the house. And it's because I go in and I look at the price at the store. I looked at Walmart yesterday and looked at Costco earlier in the week, and I just couldn't buy it. The cost per can was 50 cents. And so, am I keep trying the off-brands, and I've tried Shasta- And I guess I'm so into the taste that both Pepsi Zero and Coke Zero have that I haven't been able to make the change. So what I have been doing is I've been drinking a lot more water, which makes you really happy, Krista, because you're so unhappy about the amount of soft drinks I consume. And so water is better for me. And water I get from the tap, so it's basically almost free. So I guess you could say Pepsi and Coca-Cola are both doing me a favor by running the prices up so much. I tried the uh, Zevia that you were like, oh, this stuff's great. You got to try it, and it doesn't have all the chemicals in it that Coke Zero and Pepsi Zero have. And what I discovered is I'd rather drink straight motor oil first (laughs) Than drink Zevia. That stuff is nasty, mm. and actually, water is much better than having Zevia.
0: Indeed, absolutely. Oh, you
1: you just agreed that Zevia tastes like... Mama? Oh no, I
0: love the way it tastes. Although I don't oh. drink it anymore because I don't drink any sweeteners at all, like even stevia now. But I loved it. I loved the root beer. My family oh. likes it, but yeah.
1: Oh, we bought this pack that had all these different flavors in it. And then we started this thing where we sat around the dining room table and we were trying different ones, and one was worse than the next. I mean, that's got to be an acquired taste <laughs> to drink that stuff. So, M, I didn't care for the Shasta, so I'm going to keep trying the off-brands, but I guess the best outcome of Coke and Pepsi running up the price, and both of them say their volumes are not declining, that people are just – paying the higher prices, is that I drink less and less of those and more and more of this ultra, almost free and expensive tap water that I like to drink. So thank you so much for listening today. And as Krista would hope, you'd run the price of that can up from 50 cents to a buck or something because you want me away from those things. But they taste so good. It's up to you. You, You're in control of your health. Yeah, but you're really good with the guilt card. I don't
0: mean to be. Oh, no. I just care. I care. We all want you healthy, Clark. That's, you know, that's what
1: matters. Well, thank you so much for listening today. I want to tell you that we talk about lighthearted things, we talk about serious things, but the main purpose of this is what I say over and over again it's about your empowerment. What we used to say is, for you to save more and spend less and avoid getting ripped off and that is our core mission and that's what we're about have a great day